We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. fans how you doing it's your boy jonathan macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast coming at you on a friday my goodness gracious there is there are you, you got to reuse the right verb here 10 days left in this nba regular season um the knicks obviously play tonight um against the phoenix suns it is a game that is uh, not going to be easy to win. It would have been easy to win uh, regardless of anything because Phoenix is very good. Um, it's going to be that much more difficult because Emmanuel Quickly and Alec Burks are both doubtful. So that stinks. Um, but uh, I still think we got a shot. And because this is a big game and because there are some other um, storylines uh, involving these two teams and maybe a certain uh, point guard and, and some other stuff, some shared history, we brought on someone to talk about the Suns, uh, Mike V. Hill, who has a Suns podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the Timeline Pod. Um, we actually just got done with that conversation a little while ago. With, I'm coming at you uh, recording on Thursday night. We had a lot of fun. Um, we traveled down memory memory lane, uh, shared some uh, shared some not so great memories, shared some some pretty fun memories. Um, but it's funny how these two teams are kind of intertwined, and um, I think you really enjoy this. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, yes, quickly, Burks, both doubtful. No other really um, news involving the Knicks. We're, we're, Jeremy and I are going to get into the Randall All-NBA stuff um, for the Monday show because there's some voting chicanery that might take place there. Um, uh, Luca Vildoza uh, coming over for anybody who's not sure about or didn't hear about that. Argentinian point guard. Um, Knicks have uh, signed him and uh, made that official. Um, oh, wait, there is one other thing. Um, Andrew, are you there? Hey, what's up? You you watch you watch hockey, right? Oh, you're gonna make me talk about the Rangers, aren't you? Well, because I saw I saw um, obviously because it was all over Twitter. They okay. fired their well. Actually, I don't know. They okay. I know they fired some front office people, and I know a lot of people are really mad about it. Um, <laughs> is is this is this worth just doing a quick? I will give you. So here's the thing, and it's how it ties into the Knicks. Is obviously the owner of the. New York Rangers is James Dolan. And for years, we've gotten the treatment of, you know, Dolan's the worst owner in the NBA. And then you know, Ranger fans are like, cool, don't let him know he has a hockey team. And because the Rangers have been really good for most of my life, I've made the playoffs like 16 of the last 20 years or something stupid like that. And now the Knicks are good. And what's happened this week, literally from Monday on, it's a spiral downwards into what could be like 
think oh one when like they signed like how bad that eventually led to where the Knicks ended up that well it was Van, like Van Gundy like, like Van leaving. Gundy resigning okay. them trading Spreewell the Houston extension like that's the mood around Ranger fans that were headed oh. toward that is what I'm is what I'm gathering is so they okay. there was a fight. And someone right, so on I the Rangers line for him, and I'll try to basket basketball okay. for you. I'll try to put it in basketball terms. Yes. So the Rangers, the NHL had a weird. Every sport had a weird season, and how they came back. Hockey has four divisions this year. Three of them are in the states. One of them is is in Canada. And okay. So regular season, you're only playing the eight or nine teams that are in your division. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't so, know. That. Instead of going one through seven or one through eight, like the NBA does or what NHL normally does, it's the top four point totals in your division. Okay. So the Rangers in a normal year would make the playoffs. They have the seven most, seventh most points, but they have the fifth most in their division. Oh. So Monday, they were eliminated in a game in a loss against the Washington Capitals. During that game, their big free agent signing and best player on the team, Artemi Panarin, um, got checked into the ice head down Ooh. by Tom Wilson. Now, let me give you an analogy. Imagine if the night that the Knicks played the Celtics this season, the the, the loss that right before the Memphis game that led yeah. to the winning streak, right? Sure. So that would arguably be the lowest point of the season, right? Well, it was, it was, if, we were feeling down, yeah. Imagine if in the closing seconds... Marcus Smart took a cheap shot on Randall and ended his season. We'd be like, we want blood. Then the NBA came out the next day and didn't suspend him. I Okay, I got that. Okay. And so then Aller, Leon Rose, World Wide West, and for argument's sake, Scott Perry, then came out and put a statement on the Knicks Twitter account. I saw the statement. So saying that it is a shame that he wasn't disciplined with of, of more than a fine. Why? How wasn't this guy suspended? Um, uh, we believe that uh, further action should be taken, and the NBA's code of conduct, if he's not going to take action, should be fired from his job. Like should be basically called for the the code of conduct for the NBA. That's what the Rangers did. Their GM John, da- their president John Davidson, and their GM Jeff Gorton called for the NHL's code of conduct. To be fired. The guy who does the code of conduct. Right. So like, why wasn't he suspended, basically? And then those people got fired. So then the next day, we're at Wednesday, uh, around 2.30 p.m. Now, another wrinkle. Imagine if then two days after that Marcus Smart incident, the Knicks and Celtics played again. Because the Rangers played the Capitals again. And the guy that took the cheap shot on Panarin, Tom Wilson, was like eligible to play against the Rangers. So... Like two hours before puck drop, Dolan fires John Davidson and uh, Gordon, the Rangers GM and president. And it's like so much of a coincidence that it's hard for me to be like, it's just performance. It's just Dolan saying you sh- you had an ultimatum of the playoffs, Steve Mills. No, this there it seems like he got a call from Bettman as far as I'm concerned. And Ranger fans are like the the team is trending upward. There's a lot of young players on this team. You got a guy, one of the best players in league Panarin to come sign uh, here. What are you doing? Which is why if you're a Knicks fan, imagine if Dolan, after seeing that statement was like, I gave you all of it, like a clean slate. You uh, didn't trade Randall at his highest value. The team is now headed in a tailspin. You could have been tanking for Cade Cunningham. You're not going to make the playoffs. And now you're causing me all this drama. I'm cleaning house and giving like and uh, here's That's, the even crazier part. It's not what the you rain, want. The guy that took over the Rangers, Glenn Sather, was in charge before these two oh, guys. I, I know. I remember Glenn Sather. Right. So imagine if Dolan then put Steve Mills back in charge. <laughs> but wait, oh, hold on. I know enough to know that Glenn Sather had some good years. Oh, he did. That's, yeah. that's why it's not comparable because okay. Mills wasn't. It'd be more like if you put Donnie Walsh back in charge because, okay. like, it, hockey's also a little different. Anyway, then imagine if. At the start of the Knicks Celtics game, which is how this this actually probably breaks the the analogy. Um, If at the beginning, as soon as the ball got thrown up in the air, they just started fighting. Okay. For the first minute of the game, like seven people got ejected. 
Okay. Like, for the first, I think, for the first seven, seven minutes of the Ranger Capital game, might even be the first two minutes, there was a hundred penalty minutes in shoot. There were six um, people in each penalty box at one point. All I could say is, like, to any Ranger fans out there, it, Better, better you than me. That's the thing. I, I've, I I've, I've paid repeat, my dues. Yeah, I will now repeat what you've said to me all these years. I'm so sorry. Please don't tell him he has a basketball team. Oh, gosh, yeah. that's that's okay. Well, um, let's hope. Let's hope that this is a sign of good things to come for the Knicks. Somehow, I don't know how, but maybe it will be. Um, all right, thank you for that explanation. You're I'm welcome. now a more knowledgeable hockey fan than to I will. All but, Knicks fans out there, the yeah. We just saw everybody lighting up Dolan and didn't like went into defense mode and were like, wait, I have no idea what's going on. I hope I gave you an accurate explanation of what's happened it, it, with the uh, Rangers. It's it, I understand what's going on now, which I appreciate. Um, yes, Dolan, uh, if you're listening to the state, stay the fuck away from the basketball team and Leon Rosen. One more aspect. Do you, do oh, yeah, you please. remember John Davidson and his like broadcast career? No. So imagine if. Leon Rose was actually Clyde, like a beloved player and color commentator. Seriously? Put in charge of the Fran. John Davidson has been calling Ranger games for when I was a kid growing up watching like Yari Mary. Oh, see, I, yeah, I don't. So, okay. like, it, like, he called some of Lundquist's most of his career. Oh, so, wow. that's the thing. Imagine if, I mean, maybe the comp is even more Mike Breen, but no, Clyde is the comp because he's a beloved former player. Oh, wow. You know? And now think about it. John Davidson, imagine Clyde never stepping foot in Madison Square Garden again. That's how d- uh, much well, despair is going on in Rangerland right now. That's I repeat, don't let him know he has a basketball. Uh, just, uh, yeah, please. Um, on that. Thank you, Andrew. Um, on that note, um, we're going to talk about the team that is having still good vibes. Um about it, uh, despite uh, despite their loss the other night to the Nuggets, which I've already forgotten about. I don't even know that that happened. Um, we're going to move on, onwards and upwards, uh, hopefully against the Suns. But first, um, here is uh, this podcast with Mike Vigil. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, very excited to um, talk to someone who covers and analyzes and talks about another downtrodden franchise mm. that is just sunning the rest of the league this year. We're gonna, I think we're going to we do a little gloating, um, you know, some, I'm sure some playful banter back and forth. Um, he is the host of the Timeline Pod on, of course, the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Mike V. Hill. Mike, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. I appreciate that. And it is, I do feel like a kindred spirit, like a brotherhood with Knicks fans a little bit this year because it's like, low expectations, exceeding expectations. And, you know, uh, maybe not the best ownership that, you know, we've done. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Let's get right into it. Robert yeah. Sarver versus James Dolan. So here, <laughs> so your guy, your guy is cheap. That's the biggest, yeah. is it the biggest knock on him? Okay. James Dolan. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the, mm-hmm. the New York, um, uh, news uh, emanating from the other team that he owns, but he, he just cleaned house with his hockey team for a- apparently reasons that most uh, Ranger fans are not happy with. So I think his, his biggest thing is he's a little um, kind of a fly off the handle, uh, mm. loose cannon. Yeah. Who, I don't know which, which do you think most NBA fans would say is the worst owner? I'm not, honestly, I don't know the answer. I mean, I would guess that it would be the Knicks because I, I feel like a lot of the stuff that Dolan has done has just been more public. And that probably is because the, everything yeah. the Knicks do is more public. So it's just more out there. So, I mean, yeah. 11 years without the play, the Suns just clinched their, their first playoff spot in 11 years. So it's been a long time for longer for Suns fans than it's been, uh, you know, for Knicks fans. But I, I don't know. I, there's been just a lot of pub, like like kicking out one of your old players from the arena, like that, that kind of thing. It's just very public when those things happen. Yeah. I feel like with you guys, there was the, I mean, the goat thing was, yeah, I mean, that was, that was, so we've never had anything quite like the goat thing, but the the things that we, that happened have happened with us just aren't as funny. It's more like just sad. Right. Um, (laughs) Did you, were you able to laugh at the goat thing? Oh yeah. I mean, how could you not laugh at that? Well, I was not, (laughs) I mean, it's goat shit. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I was not entirely a fan of Ryan McDonough, the general manager at the time anyway. So the fact that a goat shit all over his office was almost especially funny uh, to me because of, uh, I mean, he was the guy that 
uh, you could just look back at all the drafts. He picked Josh Jackson. He picked Dragon Bender. He picked Marquise Chris. He picked DeAndre Ayton over Luka Doncic as the very last thing that he did. I mean, so there's like a long line. <laughs> a long line of things that Ryan McDonough did. So a goat shitting in his office was, I, I was able to laugh at that. Yes. It's, I'm, I'll give you guys in terms of like, which, which uh, team has been better slash like which fan base has had it tougher over, over the last um, 20, 20. Well, you're the, when did the bark? The, so Barkley got traded in 96. I no, 92, like. I believe. Well, no, to you guys. And then, but then he went, Oh yes. Got, yeah. Okay. But, and then, but then you had the kid era, which was okay. And then yeah. uh, it was kid for Marbury. Marbury. It, yeah. And then, uh, and then Nash, it was like the then, next good teams were Nash. After so that. here's why I give you, I think you guys have had it better is you had a legitimate team for s- several years. I mean, I, I don't know how yeah. many years you want to say that you felt like we could win the championship this year. And then you had, that very, very special season, um, the the old, what was, what was, it was Nash like 37, 38? Uh, in 2010, where they made yeah. the Western Conference Finals, he was actually the same age as Chris Paul this season, My 35. Goodness. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that interesting? And, that and it was, funny. it was 04, really, 04, 05 season to 2010, yeah. when Amari went to New York. And yeah. then, you know, once Amari was gone, it was Steve Nash with, a lot of not Amari players. And it was, <laughs> you know, the, the very last two years of Steve Nash with the Suns were, were really kind of a depressing end to his era with the Suns. And then to see him go to the Lakers and sort of flame out there was even sadder for Suns fans who, who spent a long time hating the Lakers. But yeah, there was a long period. I mean, two MVPs, uh, a couple Western Conference finals, multiple seasons over 60 wins. So it was a good era with Steve Nash there. Yeah, we we just had you know we had two thousand twelve thirteen where fifty four wins, but yeah. but and yet, like I don't know we all, all for so I don't know how, I want to get into like how this season has been for you covering the team for us. The conversation has started to turn to is this the most fun team the Knicks team since the nineties? And the one that hmm. comes up obviously is well actually the twelve thirteen team um comes up because they they won more games and they were looked at as like a contender and they came out like wildfire out of the gates but you'll appreciate this the team that i get a lot from people including uh my producer um that uh this reminds him of of what we're doing this year is the stoudemire team in 2010 right. before Melo came because stat you know it was he, not was, that so he was an unknown he had made what five all nba teams but it was his team and he came out and he took it on his shoulders so i think um you know that was kind of cool but other than other than that i mean this has just completely been out of the blue yeah, that was a tough uh, thing for me to watch Amari succeeding so much because, you know, he had the chance to sign with the Suns. The Knicks ended up offering him more money. But interestingly, before the 2009-2010 season, Amari was also almost traded to the Golden State Warriors for the pick oh that became Steph Curry. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> and so it could have been what could have happened for the Suns was Amari played for the Warriors. Steph Curry came to the Suns and played under Steve Nash to then be the heir apparent to Steve Nash. So what happened instead was a glorious run, a final run for Steve Nash, which I I still appreciate to this day. The Suns made the Western Conference Finals and then Kobe Bryant did his Kobe Bryant thing. And then uh, Amari left, which was unfortunate, you know, because they could have traded him and they weren't able to. The Warriors pulled out. And then, of course, Amari was incredible that first year with the Knicks. I mean, he was I mean, he was like an MVP candidate practically for that team. I would say I remember it well because I I mean we everybody here we spent two I mean that, don't forget that, that that season was two years in the making because from the moment that Donnie Walsh traded away um, Zach Randolph and Jamal Crawford who were making a lot of money at that time it was you know there was there's no beating around the bush as to what what the goal was there it was it was sign whoever you could sign that summer yeah. um, and I was thrilled to get Amari like I yeah. you know it's funny hindsight's twenty twenty fans look back on it as like ah oh, you know terrible contract this and that. You know, I I wish we could have done it over in terms of maybe D'Antoni playing him a couple less minutes like <laughs> from afar when you saw because he was averaging like 37, 38 minutes a game. Yeah. Were you looking at that and like uh, this might not end well? Well, that's what everyone said. I mean, the, the whole thing with the Suns is that the Suns made a calculation. You know, they, the Suns had a famous training staff at that time. It yeah. was the sort of lauded Suns training staff that, you know, brought Grant Hill back to life or whatever it was. That was uh, awesome, by the way, to watch from, yeah. one of the one of the funnest things as just an NBA fan. I feel like I've ever gotten the privilege to watch is Grand Hill late career 
Suns. Oh, awesome. so fun. Yeah, so fun. A completely uh, transformed player. He turned into like this defensive stopper guy who was like a, a secondary creator. It was it yeah. was very fun. But uh, yeah, that was the whole thing. You know, it, it's tough because, you know, when you're taking a step back, I consider myself a fan. So, I'm you know, I'm even further away than like a journalist would be you just sort of have to trust that they're thinking that maybe the knees won't last. And, and it is, it was even then is a different era than now. Like if you think about Amare now, like if he was in his prime now and signing on a new team, he'd probably be on some sort of rest pen. He probably would play on back to backs. Like everything would be different than it was back then. So who knows uh, what it could have turned into. And I think you're right. Calling it a bad contract is easy to say because of what happened later in it. But I mean, he was worth it at the beginning. That's well, for sure. And I mean, look, different fans here have different views on, on uh, it's funny when you're talking about Steve Nash going to Lakers and how that was to watch. I think for a lot of people who stayed true to and loyal to um, mellow to the end here, it was very tough to see him in, in a different uniform, but um, it still some good years. And there is no Carmelo Anthony in New York without Amari Stoudemire coming to New York. So, right. You right. know, uh, credit to him for that. And, and I th- I would say he got up to f- in the MVP ladder. He was probably like th- third or fourth uh, at some point that year. He, w- he was mm-hmm. that good. Um, and then, um, you know, we had the one year and then things got very bad. And uh, right around the same time, things got very bad with you guys. And now we are here and things mm-hmm. are not very bad anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we are. Uh, the difference, obviously, is we are not a championship contender this season. You guys are. Um, and I feel comfortable saying that. Um I'm kind of a numbers guy and uh, mm-hmm. the net rating says to me all I need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you guys have been the most consistent team all year. I think you've been more consistent than the Utah jazz. Um, so the first thing I actually want to ask you is, do you think you guys can win the championship this year? I think things would have to break right, but like that, I guess you have to say that with just about every team, unless you really have like a fully healthy LeBron that kind of a year. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's really that kind of a year. And so I would say yes. Um, I think that if the Suns can somehow, like if the clip right now, the Clippers and the Lakers are matched up in the first round, like that's like the best possible scenario for a team like the Suns or the Jazz that are trying to like sneak their way in. And I know where the Suns and the Jazz are at the top of the league right now as far as record. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, how much do you really buy into that as far as in the playoffs once LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on the floor? And then, of course, the Clippers have their defense and two stars. So if those teams can sort of battle it out in the first round, that's kind of the best option for the Sun. So if things sort of stay the way they are, uh, that would help. But I still think, there's, you know, beyond those two teams, there's just not a lot of teams in the Western Conference that I wouldn't consider the Suns a favorite in. But there's still unex- not a lot of experience. Obviously, Chris Paul, yeah. who's, you know, 11-time All-Star, and then, of course, Jay Crowder, who was in the finals last year, if you you know count that as the finals. It was the finals, technically. It was just a weird run in the bubble. Did he, but did he play that, in the, the Hawks game? I missed if he played. It no, he didn't. He's, he's he still didn't, out. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. he's out. He, he rolled his ankle. He's been out. He was out for that the rest of that road trip, missed a few home games, and has been out for what they're on a road trip now. So he, he was out. Do you know if he's uh, breaking news, I guess. Do you know if he's playing against <laughs> us uh, tomorrow? I don't believe they said uh, that he is yet. And okay. uh, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, he, he's a huge difference maker on defense. And oh, I think yeah. I, I, listen, Knicks, I have a ton of respect for Jay Crowder. Yeah, it would help a lot specifically in that Knicks game for, as from a Suns fan perspective uh, to have him uh, to be able to guard someone like Julius Randle. But yeah, we'll see. Um, so we, I don't know if you heard, we were going to be missing uh, Emmanuel quickly and Alec Burke. So that, oh, um, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's um, the whole guards rotation off the bench there, right? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I I, I uh, tweeted it out before from because the Knicks PR account put it out, and immediately I, I saw my mentions got flooded with, oh, great, 30 minutes of Alfred Payton, which actually, <laughs> wait a minute, you Over have. Sons. <laughs> you, for, <laughs> we talk about Alfred Payton for, we're going to detour yeah. for half, a hot second. There's actually a couple, you know, uh, Reggie Bullock was on the Suns for a few weeks as well, so. Oh my goodness, you're right. <laughs> but we, he's been all over the place. Very, um, um, I don't know if you could see what we're, we're in my my uh, esteemed podcast studio right here, mm-hmm. but it, this podcast studio is on Reggie Bullock Island, which um, <laughs> set up shop early this year. Didn't I mean? And uh, he's there, so good. There were a lot of fans who were just really not happy with him early in the year. They were calling for him to to be benched, to be I mean, get a replacement, this and that. People wanted them to trade for uh, Evan Fournier. Um, I'm like, just give the guy a chance to get his career numbers, and now he's yeah. shooting above his career numbers. Yep. Um, Alfred Payton, 
What, let me just ask you, what was your experience like watching Alfred Payton in his son's uniform for one year, right? Yeah. Um, uh. Well, it was not great. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Looking back, the Suns had so many terrible point guards before yeah. Ricky Rubio. He might have been the best one of that terrible group, like post Dragic, post Bledsoe. Uh, so maybe it wasn't as bad in hindsight as I felt it was at the time. We also had uh, the we had we had his hair, you know, the, the hat hair. I don't know how to describe it. We had that era of pain. And I believe he even cut his hair at some point. Uh, during his time with the Suns, and I felt like I felt like there's like two different Alfred Paytons, that Alfred Payton, and then the post haircut Alfred Payton. He's been a little better, um, but you know he's he's been pretty good for the Knicks. And I always believed there was something there, but it just wasn't a great experience for this. It felt like there was something. It so um, not funny story. It's actually makes me want to cry every time I think about it. They resigned him this off season, and I got on my soapbox uh, because people fans were killing the move the moment it happened, even though it was one year, $5 million. I'm like, look, whatever happened last year, it wasn't Alfred Payton's fault. Um, you know, let's right. give this guy a chance and this and that. And, you know, just wake up with new egg on my face every day from that one, because he's been, he's been worse this year than he was last year. It has not oh, been. Yeah. It's, don't, don't go by the numbers. Um, Cause like the efficient, if his effective field goal percentage is pretty much the same as it was last season, but it's, it's just, um, not necessarily contributing to to the good the good stuff. Um, I'll, I'll say that we don't have to talk about Alfred Payton anymore. Um, I, I do want to talk though just about like because this has been such a feel good story for Nick fans this season. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think everybody understands, like, look, we're not going to be a, a ticker tape parade this year. Um, for for you guys, have have you guys been able to enjoy it? it you know what is happening, even though there are different expectations or, or how does that factor into how you've been um, experiencing the season, I guess? Oh, I think that's actually a very, very good question because I expected the Suns to be good. Like, you know, the eight no in the bubble, that yeah. was its own thing. So, and obviously Devin Booker, I think his ascension has started from a season and a half ago and it's just been going up and up and up. Yeah. But there was a point when Chris Paul, sort of February 1st and on, the month of February, I think they went like, 12 and two or something, 12 and three, like an incredible month. And at that point you have to recalibrate your expectations a little bit. So I think Mm. to, to an extent it has made it a little bit harder to, obviously it's still been fun. Sure. But I think the focus has now been on the playoffs and exactly what's going to happen in the playoffs. And I guess to an extent, that's like what it's like to root for a Chris Paul team, uh, you know, beyond just the Suns, because now it's, it's his whole legacy is on the line <laughs> in a way. It's like how, what can the Suns do to help his legacy at this point? And so I've had a, I've had a blast. And to be honest, it's, it's fun to just analyze really good. I mean, you guys can probably relate to this oh. analyzing good basketball compared to analyzing players like individual players, which is what it's like when the teams are bad, you're just like, well, I hope RJ Barrett can get better at shooting threes next season because that well, would help a lot. Last season. I mean, for, don't even talk about last season. the season before that I was doing Still doing. Po- I was doing post games for first full season. I think I did post games. I was I was writing the uh, writing the newsletter. Um, it was like, let's check in on what Mitchell Robinson did in twenty. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. look, he, it was a good pick and roll. Like, talk about grasping at straws. You guys yeah. at least have had Booker for is it six, six? Yeah, year? six Fifth? years. Yeah. yeah. So you know, um, yeah, it's been it's been slim pickings, but. Um, I, I totally I totally get where you're coming from. For for us it's been like um the 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 expectations it have um let me rephrase that. It became real more recently for us. Right. So it it has made it easier to enjoy it because I don't think anyone is yet worrying about like, oh my God, what if they don't win a first round series? Cause we're not there yet. Even it's like, let's get there first for you guys. Like ever since, you know, like you said, it took off in February. It's been like, oh my God, is this team a championship contender? Yeah. Um, do you, um, do you have a preference of who you, who you play, what your path looks like? Is there someone you don't want to play? Well, it's a weird thing where if the Suns maintain first or second seed, which it seems like they're going to, like at this point, it, it seems yeah. like they're pretty solidly there. The Clippers could potentially catch the Suns and, and you know, it's going to be sort of back and forth between the Jazz for the one seed, I think, the rest of the season, assuming the Suns continue to play well and don't rest players, which it doesn't seem like they're going to. Mm. 
there's teams that like, I think it's Portland, San Antonio, Memphis, and Golden State are sort of those final four teams that could end up in that play-in. So the Suns yeah. could play any one of those four teams. And obviously you look at those teams and you, 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 you don't want to play Dame. You don't want to play Steph. Like you throw those guys out if you can. So you hope for Memphis, right? You hope for San Antonio because there's just not as much star power as far as if you're facing that in the first round. Now, look, the Suns should beat all four of those teams. If you look at how they're playing, like Golden State, as good as Steph is, they have, uh, outside of yeah. Steph, they're not good. <laughs> no, know, like it's, I know it's what you just say. They're not a good team. Yeah, it's team. just not really good. So, uh, you know, ideally they could beat any of those, but you hope for one of those uh, one of those teams with less of a, less star power, I guess, at the very, very, very top. Um, do you, and I, I listen, I, I say this as someone who thinks that the kid's going to win, I don't know, three, four, MVP two two I'd put put the over under a two and a half MVPs for Luca. Um, are you worried about Dallas possibly? Well, uh, it's actually kind of odd. Like I think DeAndre Ayton is eight and one against the Mavs. Really? Yeah, I did not know <laughs> yeah. that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, and even beyond that, Devin Booker just kind of kills the Mavericks. So it, it's and I think the Suns actually match up really well against the Mavericks. The Mavericks struggle in crunch time. The Suns have Chris Paul, who's like one of the best yep. clutch players of all time. Uh, Mikel Bridges as a defender on Luka Doncic is maybe one of the best defenders on Luka Doncic in the NBA. He's got the length to track him and he's got the sp- foot speed uh, to stay on him. And I think he frustrates him a lot. And uh, for, for whatever reason, DeAndre, I mean, I think I know why, right? DeAndre gets up to play the Mavericks, but that drop coverage works really well against Luca. I mean, Aiton for for all uh all his faults, like people love to talk about that pick has been a really really good defender this season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like one of the better defenders, I think, in the NBA as far as big men. And he does well against the Mavericks. So for, for whatever reason, that team doesn't scare me at all. And maybe I'll eat those words later. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, not really. No, it, we're, we're, um, we're kind of in the same situation with the Hawks. Everybody's like, no, you know, if we, if we had our druthers play, get, get, um, um, get to get to play the Hawks, if you can, you know, to try to avoid Miami because Miami is 3-0 against us and, and Boston right. obviously has their, their young stars. You mentioned Mikal. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of. I, I have to. I have to get into it. Um, which which of the R two org? Because as for as great as the season has been for mm-hmm. us, for as great as the season has been for you, we have to sit here. Um, I don't think about this stuff all the time. Although, because like the the Nilakina over over Donovan Mitchell thing, like we love Frank here. Yeah. He might not be Donovan Mitchell, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it was several picks later. I think the one the the knocks over Macau for us right now is the one I think that and, and and I say this with all this due respect to Michael Porter Jr. But like he fell to fourteen and there yeah. were like like legitimate red flags about the the person and yeah the, and his the back, back the, yeah. all of that stuff. So like it's weird that guy might lead the league in scoring someday. It's not going to eat at me as much as Macau. Um, mm-hmm. it, it knocks over Macau. What is your is is what do you have an equivalent for as a as a Suns fan of like man I'm just not going to get over this one is it Luca or is it is it something else I mean there's Josh Jackson over Darren Fox that that oh. one kind of bothered me a lot so that's that's uh, not good yeah so that one that one was bad but I mean 
look at Luca though. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to not point it. And I love DeAndre and I think he's a really good fit on this team. And I just, what I appreciate is that the Suns got a valuable player who is playing basketball at, in a, in a way that contributes to wins. Like he legitimately sure. does. And there might not, it's not a gaudy uh, box score every night for DeAndre Ayton, but he does a lot of the little things that help this team out a lot. Well, um, it's also not Marvin Bagley. Uh, I, right, I, was, exactly. I was scrolling exactly. on your Twitter before and I noticed yeah. somebody was had an interesting <laughs> comment. <laughs> I'll just leave it. It's a, a Mavs fan too. I, was it a Mavs so, fan? Yeah, a Mavs was, fan said Bagley was better. I don't know. Mavs fans, I don't know. They already won that war. Like, they're fine. They they picked the best player yeah. in that draft. So, I mean, it comes back to Luka. But I, I, I think as a Suns fan, you reach... I've already gone through all the stages of grief. Like I'm in the, I'm like well in the acceptance stage at this point. So it doesn't, at this point, it doesn't really bother me in any way. Of course I would love to have Luca on this team, uh, but you know, whatever, however it worked out, ended up with Chris Paul. And I think that's, that's the right way it worked out for the Suns. The only other one I'll ask about um, again, God, these organizations have a lot in common. Um, We both passed on Tyrese Halliburton. Um, We're, we're still, I think we still feel pretty good about Obi Toppin here. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he's not scoring a ton, but he's making little progress. Um, your guy hasn't played as much, right? Almost at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or is that, has that been a talking point or is just like the season so good? Like no one's really worrying about it too much. Um, it was a, it, if, if I had to judge it right now, it was a terrible pick. It was an absolutely terrible pick because not only has he not really played when he does play, it's Jalen Smith. He doesn't look very good. Like he looks oh. completely lost on the okay. court so far. And, you know, you can make an argument that they were trying to pick for need. I don't really even see that. Like Dario Saric had always, the plan was always to play him at a backup center position. And even if Jalen Smith works out, he looks like he's going to be a center. And yeah. you already have DeAndre Ayton. Like it's hard to yeah. argue for it in a positive way in any way. Now, would Tyrese Halliburton get as much uh, run? As on the Kings for the Suns, probably not. That's Campaign fair. has been insanely good for the, what a, for the Suns. What a research. I mean, people talk about Julius Randle's resurgence as they should because it's a yeah. certain type of thing. But like Campaign was not an NBA player. Yeah, they signed him yeah. out of the G League before yeah. the bubble. And now he's like legitimately the backup point guard on one of the best teams Craziness. in the NBA. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so that's a, so that's a fair point. Um, I'm, I'm going to be just very transparent. I said this about Aiton on this podcast, I think a few weeks ago in turn, cause we're, so Chris Paul um, has the player option. Mm-hmm. Um, I am of the belief that there is a non-zero possibility. He opts out of that mm-hmm. and entertains options I'll, right. I'll just leave it at that and i i wondered aloud on the podcast recently like what does it come down to ayton versus barrett which is completely not fair at all and like maybe a little disingenuous but like here we have like julius randall's here julius randall is not devin booker but he's also pretty freaking amazing and like i know De- devin booker is like probably gonna lead the league in scoring several years but Julius is like just he's he's doing some special things in his own mm-hmm. right. So you have those guys, and then you look at like okay, so who's the next best player? And you guys have Aiden, and we have RJ. And I'm I'm I just wonder for Chris Paul, does it even will it come down to like which situ, you know is there a situation that I'd rather be in to to end my career in? Um, yeah. Have Have you thought about the prospect of Chris Paul opting out and, and entertaining? Yeah. yeah, it has been yeah. a thing. OK. Oh, yeah. Two weeks ago, actually, we made a video for a YouTube channel on the prospect of uh, Chris Paul opting out. And we specifically mentioned the Knicks as a potential uh, spot for if Chris Paul say he doesn't necessarily even want to go to the Knicks. It's definitely an option for him to leverage against the Suns to get him more money for the Suns if he wants that. We've been uh, the New York leverages. Before. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. It would not be the first time. Yes. And uh, one thing I will say about that, Devin Booker is still Devin Booker in this conversation. And Chris Paul said he, he you know, Chris Paul had a choice of where he wanted to be traded. Like, yep. And uh, he said that the reason he wanted the Suns was Devin Booker. But the other thing I'll say is when Mikael Bridges is making a uh, first team all defense and averaging 19 to 20 points a game. Uh, <laughs> I just want to remind you of that because that's no, something that still is a possibility in the future. It, it really is. And um, I think for, yeah, we don't we don't have McCown Bridges. We're, well, here's to be fair to you though. Yeah, this summer 
uh, this off season. Uh, yeah. I, I guess it will be the summer. Uh, yeah, it'll be the summer. I, last, I did last that year all last off. year. Yeah. I said it until January. Every time I was yeah. like, in, back in the summer, and I was like, no, yeah. it was November. Yeah. So this summer, both Mikael Bridges and DeAndre Ayton will be eligible Extension for eligible. extensions. Now, this is a complicated thing for the Suns in particular because if Chris Paul opts in, it makes everything a little bit easier. Chris Paul opts in, then their extensions kick in the year after that there might be a point where the Suns organization has to look at both of those players and make some sort of decision, make like, do they extend one of them this summer and allow the other one to reach restricted free agent agency to try and save money, depending on how they play in the playoffs, right? Because Oof. the playoffs have a big impact and how much money players make. Do they sign both of those guys and say, we'll just figure it out later. Do they trade one of them? This, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that could happen in this specific off season that could uh, change how the Suns are built in the future because those extensions, they add up pretty fast. The, the Aiden thing is fascinating to me because before he um, injured his foot and we might not see him again this year, Mitchell Robinson, there was a lot of talk this year about what to do with him because it's the Jokic situation. They could make him restricted right. Uh, right. this summer or uh, hold or, or extend um, uh, it, keep the 1.8 uh, for next year and then work out an extension beyond that. But nobody thought that was a possibility coming into the year because they're like, it's Mitchell Robinson. He's yeah. going to be one of the next great centers, this and that. And my, my pushback and people didn't always want to hear this was like, it, the, the NBA today is not a place where you want to necessarily be paying a non top five yeah. center. Yeah. Pick your, you know, whatever, pick your number. And like Aiden, you know, and Zach Lowe has talked about this. I'm sure you've, you've heard it. Like he's going to command a, Big number because he's yeah. a number one pick and it's he's on this team. And it, does that worry you at all? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think about it constantly because I, at this point, uh, he I would say that he's earning money at this point, which is good for the Suns, right? The, ideals, yeah. the ideal scenario is that he plays well enough that uh, he he commands some sort of paycheck in the future. But uh, the, the real... The real way the NBA works is that the best possible scenario is that you have multiple stars that are capable of creating offense for themselves and for other people. Those are the teams that win championships in the NBA. If you don't have multiple stars that can create for themselves and for other people, you're probably not going to win a championship. The Suns lucked out in that they were able to trade for Chris Paul, and that's what allows them to have two. But say Chris Paul leaves in the future, I'm not sure that's Mikel. I'm not sure that's Aiton. I know what Devin Booker is. He is one of those players Unless one of those two shows an ability to be more of a creator, more of an offensive fulcrum uh, for this team, uh, yes, it does scare me. Because at that point, I'm looking at it and saying, "How does the Suns? How do the Suns end up with another one of those guys?" And that's why you have to. And you know, Suns fans are going to hate this if they listen to it, but that's why you have to entertain the possibility of trading one of those guys in the future if it comes down to it, because you need, it's just what you need in the NBA to be successful. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the reality that, that if, again, I wouldn't trade the season for anything. It's been amazing, but Randall is the creator and he's not a traditional creator. He's a, he's a really a four or five yeah. Yeah. Um, that's doing things that four fives just aren't supposed to do again, amazing stuff, but RJ is not there yet. We're, you know, we we're, there have been some signs, which is great. Love the signs, um, yeah. but it's mostly been the shooting. It hasn't really been like you know perimeter creation. And then we have the the quickly piece, which is so when you brought up Macal, I got to come back and I got to be like, well, wait a minute, we got Emmanuel quickly. You won't see him to, uh, for this game, but um, yeah, I don't honestly. If I was Chris Paul, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know what what I would do. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'll come yeah. down to money, and it's it's going to be fascinating. Um, I have to ask before I let you go, because uh, Chris Persianen, who is a resident KFS uh, intern turned CA, mm. CEO, um, Devin Booker, I think is his, Andrew, is his, David Booker his favorite non-Nick? Yeah, I, okay. He he has been theorizing, analyzing, plotting, whatever you want to say, the ways that eventually Leon Rose is going to bring his former client home uh, to New York. Um, <laughs> it's, he, it's, this was the, was this the first year of the extension or second year of the extension? Uh, second. Second. Okay. So, was, yeah. so you know how the NBA works, as you said, mm -hmm. just as well as I do. It's, I mean, three years is not what it used to be. Is, is there any thought yet about like the future with Devin? Not necessarily. I mean, that's easy to say in this year, right? When there's yeah, a number, sure. number one seed for part of the season here and there, or the back and forth between the first and the second seed. Uh, so no, I'm not really, 
super concerned with that. But how many players do you think have been photoshopped into Knicks jerseys <laughs> in the past? I mean, it looks uh, good. That have not end up. <laughs> that have not ended up as yeah. Knicks. Uh, no, not that I fault you guys for that because I mean, you. Oh are no, in New you York. should. Yeah. You should fault us for it for anybody. Who, I, I've never done a Photoshop myself, most because I'm old and I don't know how to Photoshop. Um, but <laughs> Andrew's laughing at me. I know what Photoshop is. I don't know how to use it. Um, but I, the Knicks always sucked when those Photoshops. Came yeah. Out. And yeah. It, with, with the one exception of when they got mellow and that's when they were good. But that's, I think like I'm, I was over a lot of that thought and and talk um until this year where at least now i'm more ready to be like okay um you know what is the landscape because at some point somebody's going to want to come here i don't necessarily think it's going to be devin booker i think they're not going to wait that long um yeah can they afford to uh you know if you want to continue to be good (sighs) here's what i'll say about devin booker he's never ever complained about anything his entire time with the Suns, And I think he's had every right to right (laughs) at certain points (laughs) of his time on the team. And, uh, and he didn't, you know, this was throughout when Eric Bledsoe tweeted that he didn't want to play it for the Suns. like different things have happened uh, in a way that, you know, like even Trevor Ariza just sort of quit playing uh, for the Suns when he was signed and and the Suns had to trade him that ended up with Kelly Oubre, which ended up with Chris Paul. So uh, it all worked out for the Suns. Uh, in the end, but uh, he has never given Suns fans any reason uh, to fear. And yes, he's a Kentucky product and those guys just don't really say any negative things in the NBA. They kind of know they're media trained, if you will. So maybe that's why, but luckily we haven't really had to fret too much. If this season went badly, Oh, it would be, I mean, it would be a disaster. I'd be terrified. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm always on the verge of being scared of that Devin. I mean, he's the, he's the hope for the Suns for the past, you know, five, six years. He's been the only thing that has kept Suns fans really hoping for the future. Yeah. I, um, I had some, some um, less than pleasant conversation because again, when, when it was a long off season for us, um, so we, we, we didn't <laughs> yeah, get to go to the bubble. That's true. So there were, there was podcast airtime to fill and, and there were definitely, you know, some shows about like, all right, which, which young star would you want to trade for? And we definitely did shows where I would get pushback about Devin and uh, I, I'm going to go back and look it up. Like I've always, I just, I think so highly of him as a player. And I thought the talk that like, is Devin Booker really good? Like that never made sense to me. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if it made, I'm sure it didn't make sense to you either. Um, because, and and I think we're all seeing that now is, do you think this, I, let me rephrase that. It's not the ceiling. Where do you think the ceiling could be for Devin? Well, it's actually kind of interesting because I thought that he could have scored more this season. His numbers are sort of flat for the last three years at this point, which are uh, very good numbers. Uh, Obviously, the assists are down this year uh, with Chris Paul. But a lot of what he's been doing has been affected by the way that Chris Paul plays, which is Mm. slowing the team down. Uh, If you look at like his points per touch, which is a stat that we like to look at 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 times this season, he leads the NBA in points per touch, which makes him one of the more efficient scores when he touches the ball in the NBA. So I think you're, you know, you mentioned the possibility of him potentially leading the league in scoring. I think that's the type of player that he could potentially be like, uh, maybe not Kevin Durant level scoring, but like to have sort of a run like Kevin Durant, where you're just sort of hitting shots from all over the floor. I mean, he's a guy that's actually been underrated as far as his finishing ability at the rim. He's more of a mid-range killer than a lot of people realize. I think people are starting to yeah. figure that out now. Not as much of a three-point shooter as people thought he was going to be. You know, a Clay Thompson comp when he was drafted it has not been that at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think this is close to what I believe he can do, but I think there is another gear. There's another level, and I hope he reaches that kind of uh, level in the playoffs where the mid-range game could actually benefit him a lot. Yeah, um, I, I'm excited to see what you guys do. Um, I'll be very excited to see what, what the matchups end up. Um, yeah. because I think I was, um, I don't know if you saw, we got, uh, steamrolled by, uh, the Jokic train, uh, mm-hmm. the other night. <laughs> I, I think I probably would have, uh, had Murray not gotten hurt. I think I would have been the, the guy to be like, I think the Nuggets are going to make the finals and try to stand out that way. Now I don't even, despite seeing what we saw the other night, I don't know that I could do that. I just, I don't know. Um, it feels like it's going to be, like we said, it's going to be one of those years. It's going to be a funny year. And it feels like, I, I almost feel like if the Suns maybe get a little, 
a bit of a tough go in the first round from whoever it might be, but they emerge on top and they start the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Like I could see, I don't think it would be that crazy for them yeah. to, to end up all the way in the finals. And, and I think that would be a cool story. It's not out of the question. A lot of it, you know, obviously Chris, uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, like they have to do what they can do, but a lot of it will depend on how the other guys play. Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Cameron Payne, those kinds of guys and what they can do. If Mikhail can reach another level in the playoffs, that's kind of the path for them to actually make the finals. So fingers I, I don't crossed. know. I don't know that I could handle that. Um, <laughs> and I've been, and I've been in Kevin Knox's corner as again, Andrew will back me up on that. I, there's an NBA player in there somewhere. I'd love to see it one of these days. Um, <laughs> stop making a face. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, before we go, we, I, I, we can't do predictions because that's not fun. Um, do, we're, I think we'll get a close game um, for, for this one. I hope we get a close game. Um, yeah. The, the Suns haven't lost a lot of, uh, they haven't had a lot of scenarios where they lose twice in a row. Um, so they did lose their last game. Uh, so they will be coming into that game against the Knicks pretty yeah. focused. So we'll see how it goes. I think the Knicks are very good, so I'm not going to count them out. Uh, so fingers crossed. Obviously, the Suns win, and I, I'm sure you guys are hoping for a Knicks win. Yeah, we need it. Um, I would actually argue that we need it more than you guys. All due respect. I know you're trying to get the one seed, but like for you, it's like whatever. You're going to be yeah, a top two seed. We're, if the Lakers end up in the play-in, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure I even want that one oh or two God. seed at that point. Could you? Well, I, I this, God, this see what is, is there like some scenario? Like, what is the I'm trying to think what's like the craziest shit that could happen. Could you? I think the Lakers versus the Clippers in round one is probably the craziest thing that could happen. And that they're, the they're lined up three six right now. That that would be great. <laughs> I have a feeling they will both try to avoid that, but that would be fun. I wonder who tries to avoid it more. I don't. I, don't, I would think the, the Clippers probably would. I would you think, think they would? Yeah. Yeah. That would make I mean, sense. LeBron's LeBron. <laughs> LeBron is LeBron. Yeah, he's pretty good. All right. Um, this was a ton of fun. Mike VL, um, can you just, uh, before we let you go, uh, tell the folks at home where they can find you and your stuff. Yes, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Protected Pick. Mostly Suns tweets. I do tweet about the NBA as a whole, obviously. Uh, the podcast is called The Timeline of Phoenix Suns Podcast. We also have a YouTube channel. You can check it out. We're on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, just like you guys. Awesome stuff. Um, I would wish you luck, but I'm not going to do that because it would be lying. <laughs> um, <laughs> good luck in the playoffs, right? We could all we yes, could end up in the luck. finals. Good luck in the playoffs. I since since we will probably not get to the finals. I will say I hope you guys do get to the finals. <laughs> all right, I'll take it. All right, um, everybody out there, thank you for listening to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. We'll be back with you uh, with another episode before you know it. 